are listening to the Innovo Podcast, a ministry of Innovo Vineyard Church in Wichita, Kansas. To learn more about Innovo, you can visit us online at innovovineyard.com. We hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, hey, we're in a series called A Year of His Presence, and we're discussing and focusing on the presence of the Lord. And last year, I kind of felt the Holy Spirit speak to me saying, I'm getting ready to pour out my presence. And then there was like, you know, a pause, and he said like, no, really, Greg, I'm getting ready to pour out my presence. So I'm thinking, well, we better, we better start talking about this and focus on the presence of the Lord and prepare and get ready. So what we're doing each week, we're just taking an example from the Bible, a person or a place or a, uh, a thing that happened and we're just going to talk about the presence of the Lord in that event so we can learn from that and grow a little bit. Um, I have got a lot of anticipation, as I already said, for God's presence being poured out and his spirit being poured out on us this year. So I'm, re- I'm really excited. Today we're going to talk about baptism and the presence of the Lord. Now, I remember being uh, nine years old and facing two of my biggest fears. I was uh, standing up before about 100 plus people at Halstead Road Baptist Church uh, Pastor Crowley Bridges, isn't that a great name? Crowley Bridges uh, was going to baptize me, submerge me in some water, take me over backwards and dunk me in. And I was really afraid of being in front of people. I was really afraid of, of, of water, but I really wanted this. You know, God was moving in our church and people were getting saved and set free from drugs and all kinds of things. I could just see it and I thought, man, this, thing, this stuff is real. You know, I remember being a little kid drugged to church, and my parents would drag me to church, and uh, oh, I hated it all the time. I was like, can we do something different on Sundays and go to church? But as I got there, I began to see more and more God move. I'm like, this stuff is real. And so I, I looked for Crowley, and Pastor Crowley, and I, and I pulled him aside and said, hey, I think I'm ready to give my life to the Lord Jesus. Would you walk me through this? Nine years old. Um, so he said, yeah, let's go. So we went in his office, and he, he talked to me a little bit, and we prayed, and it was really a turning point for me in my life, even though I was just nine. I, I know you find this hard to believe, but I was a, I was a rascally kid. <laughs> I was headed for some rough things, and uh, I really needed Jesus in my life, and it really served as a turning point to me. And I was thinking, you know how it's all relative, isn't it, as far as age goes? I used to say when I was younger, you know, 10 years ago, and I'd pause and like, man, that's a long time. Then I got to where I said, well, you know, 20 years ago I graduated from high school. It's like, my goodness, 50 years ago this summer I got baptized at Halstead Road Baptist Church in uh, Rockford, Illinois, and it was amazing. So this morning we got some people who are going to get baptized just like I did 50 years ago, and, and I'm excited for them. And today we met in a prayer room and we just prayed over them and prayed with them, and it was good. So I have, I'm really excited about this today. And we're going to do it a little differently. It's good to mix things up, isn't it? Good to mix things up sometimes. So usually what we do is right now we'd be baptizing, but we're going to baptize after my talk today. And usually I baptize, but what we've been talking about is for the coming days, you know, the things that are ahead for us, we're going to have to broaden our leadership more and more so the people that have been very influential in their life are going to be the ones who are going to baptize them. So William and Ashley are going to do all the baptizing today. So that's going to be fun, too. I'm, I'm excited. Um, you might not know this, 
But baptism is an act that's very connected to God's presence. Baptism and God's presence go hand in hand. Uh, Everything God does on earth, he does in connection with his presence. But there's certain things that he does. He says, I'm going to be very involved in that. And baptism is one. It's not just a religious ritual. It's not just a thing that we do because we're supposed to. It's something that God blesses and he's involved in. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Um, We don't see the practice of baptism in the Bible until the Gospels, which is 2,000 years ago still. But even before that, there was this ancient practice of the the mikvah, the mikvah, which was a a giant um, container of water. Before the priest would go in to minister to the Lord, they would stop with this water and they would kind of repent of the things that weren't right in their life. They'd kind of wash a little bit. It was, it was probably more symbolic. Maybe it was, maybe, you know, it was a little bit of a bath, but they'd wash themselves before they went into the presence of the Lord. You know, there was such deep respect and fear of the Lord <laughs> that they just didn't want to saunter into God's presence uh, with stuff in their life. So they would kind of get cleaned up. Well, that would that kind of translated over the years. Oh, and there's churches that still do that today. Have you ever been to one of those churches? Especially some Messianic, they have like a mikvah in the back, and before you come into the service, you wash yourself. I've seen those before. But this morphed over the years until Jesus' day, and they were baptizing people in rivers and creeks and streams, and it was all about repentance and surrendering to the Lord. So uh, that was, that's what was happening. And now today, we, st- we still do this. This practice is at least 2,000 years old. People who follow Jesus have been doing this, and we're doing it today. Uh, the word baptism, I'm, I'm going to give you my, my Greek word, mainly because it makes me look really important to people when I quote, you know, ancient languages that I can't speak or don't know, but I can read about them. Uh, the word is baptismo. It means to dye a garment. In, in that day, you would take a, maybe let's say a white garment, you would take it into a vat of dye, you would, you would dunk it down in that vat of dye, it would go in one color, and it would come out another color. And I don't know how this applies to baptism, but if it wasn't the color you want, you'd dip it in again and dip it in again and bring it out, you know. So if you were really messed up before you came to Jesus, maybe Ashley and Will will dunk you under three or four times, I don't know. But um, this word even referred to a sunken ship. Ship going along, it would sink. That ship just got baptized. It surrendered to the sea. It even referred to a, a, a conquered city that uh, surrendered to its new, the new owners of the city. It was baptized. So this, this sense of surrendering to God's will is part of this too. And isn't that one of the hardest things for us? You know, we come to Jesus, and we want to come to Jesus on our terms. This is the mistake that people make. Um, Jesus, I'm going to come to you, and we're going to do it my way, okay? I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to, get, I'm not going to show any emotion. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to have you come into my life, but I don't want you telling me what to do. I want you just to help me to have a better life and be successful. And we come to, we come to God in our terms, and it just doesn't work. And, and God begins a practice of teaching us how to surrender, you know, I always say when, when God wants me to go right and I want to go right, God and I agree. But when God wants me to go left and I want to go to right, that's, that's when we have a problem. 
And the Lord wants to teach me, and he's been teaching me, and I'm better at it, but I'm not good at it yet totally, that when God says go left, and everything about right makes sense to me. I mean, I've been right, I know how to go right, but God says, no, trust me, I want you to go this way. And And more and more I'm saying, yes, God will go the way you want me to go. Because nothing good is going to happen in our lives if we can't let him lead, if we can't surrender. So in a sense, this baptism is a surrender. You know, I was deathly afraid of water, and there's something about, you know, I, I could always, we all have control issues. I can always tell when I'm baptizing someone that has a little bit of control issues, because they'll be ready, and I'll have them, whoops, I'll fall off the stage. And, uh, and, I, and I'll be talking, and I'll be getting ready to baptize, and they'll start going back on their own. I'll say, no, you just, you just relax. This is all in my hands. I'm going I'm to do this, you know, because we want to we wanna initiate everything. And I want to tell you, God wants to initiate things in your life where the only way that you're going to get the full benefit out of it is to surrender and let him lead. And that's the best place to be. So baptism is kind of a surrender to the things of the Lord. God, you win. <laughs> I, I surrender, you know. Let's look at this in the Bible, Mark chapter 1, verses 4 to 11, and we're going to kind of look at this a little bit today. Let's stand in honor of God's Word. This is our main passage, and uh, I think there's four uh, screens of the Word, so let's take turns. Whoever in, in, you guys want to read one and, or read the next one, go ahead and let's just, let's just work through it. John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea was going out to him, and all the people of Jerusalem, and they were being baptized by him in the Jordan River. Confessing their sins, John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist. And his diet was locusts and wild honey. And he was preaching, saying, After me, one is coming who is mightier than I. And I am not fit to bend down and untie the straps of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit like a dove descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens, You are my beloved Son, and you I am well pleased. Thank you. You can be seated. So much good stuff in there. Do you see any connections between baptism and his presence in that? See any connections? Uh, God's presence was all over that. Um, you, you not only see the physical presence of the Lord Jesus getting baptized, but you see, you hear the Father's voice. This is my son. I'm, I'm pleased with this guy, <laughs> you know? And then you see the Holy Spirit descending on Jesus like a dove. One of the few instances in the Bible where you see the entire Trinity involved in one act. You know, creation would be another. There's probably more. But you see it's the whole, all the dynamics of the Lord at work all there at once. So there's the sense of importance around this act of baptism. And you see the manifest presence. Remember we talked about the presence of the Lord is everywhere, but there's the manifest presence of the Lord where God shows up at different times. So you see the manifest presence of the Son, the Father, the Holy Spirit, all, all engaged. And, and here's a cool thing. I think, you know, we, we turn significant activities into religious practices, dull, dead, lifeless practices. 
I believe that the Lord wants to be involved the same way when we baptize people today. I feel like he wants to show up and do these exact same things in people's lives. You know, John, John was an interesting character, wasn't he? He was a, he was a weird prophetic character. It's so funny. He's out in the wilderness calling people to repent and be baptized. And uh, let, let me say that I'm going to toss, and this is, this is for free. This is a little addendum here, but some people might ask, how do I feel about baptizing babies, for example? And I was baptized as a baby. I don't think my parents would have known the Lord if you walked in the door. And I didn't know anything because I was so little. And it's cool that parents won't care enough about their kids to want to do something to kind of get them dedicated to the Lord. Um, at, at Inova, we don't really baptize, although I have. We, we dedicate because repentance comes before baptism. You have to be old enough to say, uh, and this is not speaking bad about any other church or any other practice, but we repent and we're baptized. And there's something about you making a decision, I want to follow Jesus, I want to do this thing, I want to go public, that's significant. But John was this weird character. He was clothed with camel's hair. I don't see any camel's hair clothing at the gap. There might be some. I've not seen any yet. Out in the wilderness, I mean, it was dry. It was hot. It was uncomfortable. Eating locusts and wild honey with a leather belt around his neck. And he was just a weird guy. And he didn't make it easy for people, did he? He's out there way out in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness baptizing and uh, this one group showed up, and he's kind of like, oh, what are you guys doing here? You're a brood of vipers. You know, he was, he was discouraging people. You're not ready for this. And, uh, you know, he wasn't giving away donuts. Uh, they didn't have great music or a relevant message. He was, he was being very, making it very hard for them to, uh, to do this. But people were coming to him. And this was kind of a thing back in the Old Testament days. These rabbis would show up, and they would have what's considered shmiha, or authority, or this new teaching, or God was doing something cool, and they'd be out in the wilderness, and everybody would flock to see what the big deal was. So you got all these people, some are coming crying, humble, getting baptized, some are watching, some are laughing, but there's this gigantic crowd all around this thing. And John's got this message. What was his message? He's baptizing, repent, someone's coming, someone's coming, <laughs> mightier than me, I'm not even worthy to unlace his sandals, and he's going to do the real baptizing in fire and the Holy Spirit. So John's baptizing, so this is good, you need to repent, but I want to tell you there's a bigger baptism coming, there is something coming that's significant and it's huge. And, and, and this guy is going to show up, the Messiah is going to show up, and he's going to do the baptizing. And it's this reality of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, and one day, the scene's going on, the crowd's there, the brood of vipers are there, people are watching, they're probably selling popcorn and, you know, and drinks, and the vendors are out there. And uh, we took our kids once, we did a missions trip to India, and we went to the Bay of Bengal, and we were swimming and uh, we're out on the beach, and all of a sudden, all of our girls took their outer clothes off to reveal their swimsuits, which you don't do in India. And it was very flagrantly bold, and all the vendors showed up. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a big attraction. <laughs> didn't figure it out for a few minutes. But the vendors were out there in, uh, in the wilderness watching all this go down. And right in the middle of it, the Lord Jesus shows up to be baptized. And it was crazy because 
The only person in the history of the world that didn't need to be baptized is showing up to get baptized. The only person who hasn't sinned, who doesn't need to repent, shows up to get baptized. And we know that because the Father's approval is on him. You know, this is my son. I love him. And you know what's cool about that? The Lord Jesus hadn't done one miracle, hadn't healed anybody. All he'd done is be a kid and a teenager and a 20-something who worked, obeyed and respected his parents, and loved the Lord. And Jesus says, this is my son. I'm pleased with him. And, and I think, then, if Jesus didn't need to get baptized, why was he baptized? If he didn't need to repent, why did he come to be baptized? And um, I think the answer is simple. I think he was baptized to show us what the expected benefits of baptism are for those of us who would follow behind him and do this thing. And I think at Jesus' baptism, it says that the, he- the heavens were, were opened. The, um, the word means a tearing or a, a rending, like ripping a garment. It was opened up, and the Father began to release things on him. The heavens were parted. The Spirit came down. The voice came down. And I think there's something, we've been talking about this over the last year. You know, we've got the physical realm that we live in. It's where we do ministry and where we do life. But there's a spiritual, invisible realm, and God says, I've, I've got stuff for you in that invisible realm that you need to access to do the things that I'm wanting you to do in this life, to, for ministry and for life, because God wants us to be generous. He wants us to give away resources. He's got all these things he wants us to do, and, and we're, we're kingdom people, and we're living in the physical, but we're accessing the spiritual. And I think we need to recognize and baptism helps teach us this, um, the resources we have that God has for us in the invisible realm, and we need to bring those into daily life to minister to people. Uh, we have a saying at the vineyard. We talk about it a lot, don't we, the seven words. What are they? Can I pray for you right now? When you pray for somebody right now, what you're saying is, I believe that not my prayers, but the Lord has the ability to meet your needs right here where you are. And you don't have the resources to meet those needs. If someone needs to be healing, I can't heal them. If somebody needs a breakthrough, I can't bring a breakthrough for them. So what we're saying is, I believe that God can bring what you need from the realm of the spirit into the, into the flesh, into the physical, to, to meet your needs. And I'm just the mailman. I'm just, I'm just the pipeline. The Lord's going to do it. The Holy Spirit does it. That's what we're saying. And it's a bold step, isn't it? I believe that the Holy Spirit can work through me to meet your needs. That's what Jesus did. And that's what he calls us to do. And it takes, it takes some boldness. So anyway, the Lord Jesus is giving us a picture of what happens when we get baptized. And he came up out of the water. The Holy Spirit was on him. And uh, the Holy Spirit came and, and, and he anointed him as the Messiah because he was going to need these resources to go to the cross, to endure, endure all the rejection. You know, there was a time when Jesus' ministry went from thousands to 12. <laughs> you know, it shrunk miraculously. It was downward mobility. He had this great ministry, and in one sermon, everybody was gone pretty much, you know. And most pastors call it quits at that point. They're like, I'm out of here. This is not working. Jesus kept right on going. He was going to need the power of the Holy Spirit not just to do the things he was doing, but to endure 
and to be faithful and to go to the cross. And I want to tell you, if you're going to follow Jesus for the long haul, you're going to need the power of the Spirit in your life not to quit, to keep going. You know, Mike Bickle always talks about, hey, if, if you don't quit, you win. And, and we don't want to quit, not just going through the motions and doing it. You know, don't quit going to church. Don't quit reading your Bible. Don't quit saying, can I pray for you right now? But don't quit engaging with the Holy Spirit, asking him to work through you. Because, you know, the wonderful thing is God uses ordinary people. He, he, he takes those of us who are ordinary and average, and he works through us to do amazing things and meet needs. And everybody's like, man, how did you do that? And we respond, it's not me, it's the Lord. God uses everyday people to work his ministry. Then it's like, they, they look at you like, oh, yeah, you're not cool enough to do that kind of stuff, you know? And we, and we point to the Lord Jesus. But Jesus was anointed with the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I say this, I'm just going to toss this in real quick, and we'll, we'll talk about this at another time, but I want to say it. Um, when we give our lives to the Lord Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes into us. But then there's a, a, an aspect where the Holy Spirit comes upon us to anoint us for ministry. And uh, that's, that's what we see happening in the Lord Jesus. So let's look real quick. We're, this is not going to be long. Just some, some, some of the things that God wants to release on us during baptism. Uh, we're going to pray it for these guys. And really, he, he wants to do this for everybody all the time. So one, there's affirmation. This, uh, this divine approval, God wants to speak over you today, just like he did with the Lord Jesus. You've not done anything yet, not done any big miracles. People aren't talking about you, but we have this performance mentality that we've got to do a whole lot of things to earn God's approval. So God wants to speak approval over us. Uh, there's breakthrough. Uh, the heavens, it wasn't a physical thing that was happening, but it was, again, this is this invisible realm with his resources um, our journey's played out in the physical, but there's things that it's connected to the spiritual. God wants to do these things, so there's breakthrough that happens when we get baptized. And there's this anointing for kingdom ministry. So let's look at these in detail. Let's start with affirmation real quick. Um, when the Father spoke to Jesus, you're my beloved son, and you, I'm well pleased. It was a confirmation of his sinlessness and the Father's pleasure with his humility and remember, the Lord Jesus did something that was very cool. He lowered himself. He lowered himself. He laid aside his God card. <laughs> and he, he did it all as a man empowered by the Spirit of God. And one of the things that we have to do that's hard for us is we, we come to Jesus in humility. God, I'm bankrupt. I got nothing for you. And Lord, I need you in my life. Because I, I want to I make a difference. I want to help people. I want to have a great life. I want to please you. But God, I got nothing. And, he come, and, we, and we lower ourselves and we come to him. And God says, that's okay because I'm everything you need. <laughs> I got everything you need, you know. So it's, it's very exciting. But baptism is a picture of this. And when these guys get baptized today, what they're doing is they're, they're, they're in a sense, going under the water like death. Death to the old self, the old person. And then they're being raised up new in the power of God. Just like Jesus died and was resurrected, baptism is just a picture of that, that we, we go through that. But we've got to come humbly dying to self. Lord, whatever you have for my life. Some of you guys here today, you have great plans for your life. Some of you are not sure. It's okay. 
But, you know, we come to God and we got our plans, but we say, God, not my will but yours. Take my life in a different direction if you want to. I see myself doing A, B, C, and D, and maybe that's the things that God put in you that he wants to do, and maybe it's still part of your journey. But, but don't, don't miss it that God can totally redirect your life. This is a little dangerous today. You know, God redirected my life. I was a business owner. I was an artist. And God took me and made me a pastor, you know, told me to plant a church. None of that was on the radar screen. And being a pastor is not any nobler than being an artist or being a business owner. But I'm just saying that he changed my direction. And he, he might want to change your direction. You might even be older and he wants to change your direction. But you just empty it. You're, you're humble. You say, God, I want your plan. I want what you want. Maybe some of you are here today and you're in the middle of that right now. God is changing your direction. God is re, he, you know, he's re-navigating. You ever, you ever do the Google Maps and you're heading somewhere and you take a wrong turn maybe or you go somewhere all of a sudden it, it recalibrates, you know, and okay, now go this way. You know, God will do that with you. He'll just take you a different way than what you saw going down. And we have to be okay with that. Um, but there's this confirmation that we need. One of the worst things for a person is to spend their whole life trying to earn God's approval. Going through their whole life, trying to be good enough, trying to obey enough, trying to make something happen, and they're just trying to win his approval. And I think the Lord's saying here, you know, he loved Jesus before he did anything. And he loves you, who you are. He's got things he wants to work through you. He's got something he's, he wants to make you, through his grace, the person he wants you to be, but he loves you just the way you are, right where you are. Uh, in the vineyard, we say that God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. And, uh, but he loves you just the way that you are. And one thing for the baptizees today, and for all of us, if we can just understand that we're loved, and that we're chosen, and we're affirmed, and rest in that, Man, we can, be, we can move forward with a lot of joy and with a lot of willingness to let God really use us and do things through us, and that's huge. You know, it's hard. Some of you probably struggle today with the fact that maybe you've done something wrong, and it's hard for you to realize that God loves you. You know, I always say it wouldn't be good to have a do-over button. You know, you get one do-over. What, what would your do-over be? You know, when you're young, maybe you don't have that yet, but I've got, I'm old, so I've got some could I have five do-over buttons, you know? But a, a do-over to do something else, because there's things that we've done, we've made some horrible decisions and choices, and a lot of times we just have a hard time getting over that. Like, God, I really blew it. And that little voice whispers in your head, oh, God can't use you now, because you really blew it. And, and now you just got to get through the rest of your life, and that's not true, you know? Maybe uh, we're dealing with patterns of inadequacy. Maybe there's some wounds where... Someone who should have valued you didn't value you, and we carry that. It's kind of like, man, I just remember my dad saying, ah, you're no good, or someone who should have loved me or been there or affirmed me just used me, and we, and we spend our whole life trying to get past that sometimes. Um, I think God wants to say over these guys today and over all of us, man, you're my son and you're, or you're my daughter. And I have fully forgiven you. I took, I took the sins of the whole world to get your sin. <laughs> you know, because I love you that much. And you got my love and you're my, you got my approval. 
And I just, I just prayed. We're going to pray today on these guys when we baptize them that all condemnation, all rejection is going to break off of them. And they're just going to feel the confirmation of the Lord's approval on their life. Uh, Baptism sets us up for breakthrough. Who needs some breakthrough in their life today? Who wants to see God just break through and do some incredible things? You know, again, we saw the heavens open. The the Greek word again here, shizo, it means a, a tearing or a ripping like a piece of cloth. And there is this, you know, it... To me, that speaks of God, man, just breaking through, wanting to get to you, wanting to, wanting to be involved in your life. He rips the heavens, and, man, he comes down, and he gets involved. This shows his passion and his love for us, you know. That happened with Jesus, and he emerged with this greater capacity to walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and to do the works of the kingdom. Um, and that's how we want to do this thing. Everybody gets to play. You know, we believe that God is available to work through us. He wants to use us, and that's a, that's a great thing. Uh, after, after Jesus was baptized, he went into the wilderness where he got tempted by the devil. And uh, the devil came trying to get him off mission. You know, I wish someone had told me when I got baptized that after getting baptized, you're going to face a little opposition. That one thing the enemy wants to do is not necessarily to destroy us. He just wants to get us off mission. He wants to get us involved in something else. We're supposed to be doing that. He just wants us to go over here, you know, and, and miss what God has for us. And so the Lord Jesus, what does he do? He just quotes the word, quotes the Bible, right back at the devil. Not like Sunday school. You know, we learn, we learn in Sunday school. At least I went to Sunday school. Somebody's like, what's Sunday school? Um, I got, got taught in church when I was young, the, a lot of Bible verses, and we, and we quote those. But, man, this was in him. When, when the Lord Jesus said it, it was like a sword, when we have the word and we're all ready to go, man, it's just like a weapon that we use against the enemy to uh, help us stay on track and um, to help us understand that God's at work. Um, I want to pray for these guys today that their eyes are going to be open. They're going to see the resources God has for them. And the last one today, and we're going to baptize, um, was this anointing for kingdom ministry. I think baptism opens up the opportunity for a continual flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, the Lord Jesus needed the baptism of the Holy Spirit for what was going to come. Uh, but we see this all through the Bible. Aaron, I want to read in Psalms 133, 1 through 2. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brothers to live together in unity. It's like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard as on Aaron's beard, the oil which ran down upon the edge of his robe. Aaron was going to be the priest who, ministered, who stood before the whole people and God. So they poured oil, anointing oil, on his head. And it wasn't just a little bit. It wasn't just a little drop. It was a picture of the presence of the Lord that just covered his life and went down all through on his robes. You know, it's kind of weird, but, you know, on that day, if you were, did something wonderful, if you were favored, they would pour oil on your head. <laughs> and it would just run down on everything, and it would anoint you, and it was a dry climate, so it would refresh you, and it would have a, a fragrance to it, and it was a picture of the Holy Spirit. David, when Samuel was going through who was going to be the next king, took David aside and says, you're going to be the king, and he poured oil on his head, and it, it ran down him just like Aaron, and what did he do? He went out and killed Goliath. He went to those next battles. God wants to, he wants to prepare you for those battles that are coming. And then the Lord Jesus is getting baptized. The dove comes down and rests on him. And it's a picture of that power and peace 
and joy that we all need. You know, um, part of God's word to us is that he's getting ready to pour out his spirit. It's going to be like oil coming down over the church, an anointing and a fragrance and a peace and a power. And it's going to get people's rears in gear who aren't serious. <laughs> and some people are going to walk away because the heat's going to be on, but the true church is going to emerge and man, God is going to do some amazing things, and we're going to see what He's what we've been praying about for years, and we're going to see the church rise up with a new power and authority to do the work of the Lord, and it's the baptizing and anointing of the Holy Spirit, and it's also a continual flow of God's resources into our life. So this makes me want to get baptized again. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, but I think all these things that we're talking about the uh, you know, the affirmation of the Father, the breakthrough of the, the heavens tearing open and God's resources available to us and the anointing of the Spirit, it's available to all of us. In fact, he's doing some of that in our lives right now, isn't he? But it's good to be hungry for it. It's, it's good to have some anticipation. It's good to say to God, God, I want this for my life. God, I want your affirmation. I want to I feel it and know that I love you. And can we just pour out a little extra? Help me love other people. Help me to love you back. He wants to do that. It's good to pray for breakthrough for our, for our church, for your family, for your life. God, I just want the heavens rip open. I want you to come down. I want you to move in power in my life. And it's good to want that anointing. God, pour out your spirit over me because I want to make a difference. I want to be empowered with your resources and not with, with my own. And God, I want you to use me and work through me in this life because people need you and need to see you. Remember, we don't just give a message. We give a demonstration of the power of God. We don't just say it. We don't just say the words. But God wants to show people that he's there and he wants to use us. And we ask for that. Lord, I, I know I'm, I, mean, I, I, I don't know what you say about yourself, but Lord, I'm, I'm nobody. <laughs> But, Lord, I know that you can work through me in power to make a difference in people's lives, and I want that. So today as we baptize, we're going we're gonna to bless these guys. Uh, we're going to pray for them, and uh, we're just going to ask God to do these things in their life as we ask God to do these things in our life at the same time. Mm -hmm.